We've been looking at the Psalms over the course of the summer. And I think when someone just initially thinks of the Psalms, the first thing they think of is songs of praise, uh, songs that glorify God, and songs that, that speak of how wonderful it is to worship God and how good God is. But as we've looked over the Psalms as a whole this summer, we've seen that ain't necessarily so. That's not all that the Psalms do. In fact, a few weeks ago, we looked at the imprecatory Psalms. 14 out of the 150 Psalms in the Bible, nearly 10% of all of the Psalms are Psalms that are uh, voicing some complaints, that are angry. They are Psalms that call down curses on others. They are songs that, that, that really get it, just get that emotion out. Nearly 10% of all of the Psalms are, are very angry songs that that seek vengeance. On top of that, 65 of those 150 psalms are sad songs. They are songs of mourning. They are songs of of sadness and loss. Over a third of all of the psalms in the Bible are are sad. And on top of that, if you take all of the writings of of the prophets, much of what the prophets wrote was poetic. Much of what the prophets wrote were songs. You take those into account also, and a third of those are also songs of sadness and mourning. Over a third of all the poetry in the Bible declares that the life of the faithful isn't always easy. It isn't always good. In fact, sometimes it's downright painful. Now, when we talk about the Psalms, the word that we use to describe these sad songs, we call them laments. That's the the term that's used in the Bible. We call them laments. But when we talk about music today and we talk about sad songs, we call it the blues. That's the term that we use today. And you're probably thinking to yourself right now, hey Brett, what exactly do you mean by the blues? What is the blues? And no problem, I've got the definition for you today. Let me tell you exactly what the blues is. Here's the dictionary definition. The blues form is a cyclical music form in which repeating progressions of chords mirrors the call and response scheme commonly found in African and African-American music. That's clear, right? You guys understand the blues now? No? You don't understand? I wish there was some way, I wish there was some way I could help you understand what the blues... If only there was some way I could help you understand... David, you're here. I I noticed one of your guitars is here, David. David, do you know anything about the blues? No? Could you at least come and pretend you know something about... Could you show us what the blues... Would you guys like David to show us what the blues sounds like? All right, David, there you go. Command performance. Come and share with us what the blues sounds like.
There you go. That's the blues. Thank you. Thank you so much, David, for sharing the blues with us. Now, let me ask you, though, does this one need to stay on? Yeah, that'll be fine. I noticed you didn't have any music in front of you to play that. So where does the music come from? There you go. comes from right there. That's it. Give him a hand. Thank you so much. That might be, I won't say that's your favorite part of the sermon, but it's going to be really close to your favorite part of the sermon. That's the blues. Blues man Willie Dixon said, the blues are the true facts of life expressed in words and songs, inspiration, feeling, and understanding. You know the blues when you feel it, when it speaks to you, when it reaches you. And that's the beauty of singing the blues. The blues brings healing. John Lee Hooker, another well-known blues artist, John Lee Hooker said, when you sing the blues, you lose the blues. That's the gift of the blues. And that's the gift of over one-third of the poetry we find in the book of Psalms and in the entire Bible. When you express your sadness, your hurt, your pain, and even your depression to God, He brings healing. Psalm 42 is the blues. Psalm 42 is a lament. And you have to remember that when you hear the words because it is too easy for us to put a really nice melody behind Psalm 42 and try to turn it into this sweet song of faith. And we do that not just with, with music, we do that with life also. We push the pain down, we deny it's there, and we paste on this smile, this very fake smile. But the beauty of music and the beauty of the Psalms is that they give you permission to deal with your hurts. Music allows us to ask some tough questions, questions that we might be embarrassed to admit that we have or, or questions we might be ashamed to admit that we have. But you hear the questions as you read Psalm 42. As you, as you read through it, you hear the song ask the question, where is God when my life feels so miserable? Psalm 42, you'll find it in those blue Bibles on page 469. And many of you know the words to Psalm 42, at least the first few words from the song that we sang earlier called As the Deer. We're very familiar with that song. But I want you to listen carefully to the words of the psalm because it's too easy for us to impose our own ideas on this psalm. It's too easy to hear the words, the As the Deer, and picture Bambi and, and Thumper and, and all their little friends gathered at the watering hole. And you hear the words of that song, As the deer panteth for the water. But listen carefully to how the psalm was written. The deer in this psalm is far from water. It is lost. It is alone. And it is dying. And the call is to ask ourselves, where is God when I hurt? Where is God when my life feels so miserable? Look at the first few verses. He says, as the deer pants for flowing stream, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. 
how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts of song and praise, a multitude-keeping festival. One of the things we have to allow ourselves to see is that depression can be very normal. You know what's not normal? I'll tell you what's not normal. Walking around with a goofy grin on your face all the time. And just pretending that, that life is always great and that everything is fine. Life's not always great. Life's not great all the time. Horrible things happen. Rotten things happen to us. Plans fail. And when that happens, it's okay to be down. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to start asking questions. Questions like, what happened to the good times? Why do I feel like this? And, and where is God when I'm hurting this bad? Now, obviously, I make a little disclaimer, there is normal depression that we all go through. There is also clinical depression, and if you've been diagnosed with clinical depression, there, there are professionals who can, who can help. There's counseling, there is medication, there is therapy, and all of that is important, and we need to remember that. It, it's so easy in these days to lose perspective and realize that some things are just normal, and sometimes we get sad, and that's perfectly normal. It's it's not always time to call Dr. Phil. It's not always time to, uh, to, to, to take care of it that way. Sometimes it just calls for us to open ourselves up and, and take a good look inside. And that's, that's what the psalm does. I want you to notice how honest the author of this psalm is. He's honest with himself and he's honest with God. He says in verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. For lack of a, of a better term, he zeroes in on the heart of the matter and he asks his own heart, why are you cast down? Why am I feeling this? See, he realizes he's not where he wants his spirit to be. This is not where he wants his spirit to be. And sometimes we have to be real honest with ourselves and say, you know, this this feeling that I'm feeling today, what I'm going through, this is not where I want to be. And, but right now I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this hole. I'm stuck in this funk and I can't find my way out. Where do I look? And so he looks deep within himself for the answer to the question of how did I get here and how do I get back out? And he asks the question, have I somehow disappointed God? Am I feeling this because somehow I've, I've disappointed God? God. I think we have to give our, I think one of the things I think we have to do when we're facing difficult times is we have to give ourselves permission to ask those questions. We have to admit what we're feeling. We're so used to everything being fine. And so, so we, we pretend everything's fine. And then when we go to God, we pretend everything's fine when we go to him also. And we say, everything's fine, Lord. Everything's wonderful. Everything's good. We have to be honest about what we're feeling. That's what this song does. He's honest with God about what he's feeling. He goes on in verse 6, and he says, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. There's been a change in the psalm. If you remember in the first section, he talked about water. In the first section of the psalm, Water was refreshing. Water was life-giving. Water was nourishing. The deer was searching for it so that he could live. But here, the waters have become a raging flood. They're, they're roaring. The waves are breaking over him. It's sweeping over him. 
This isn't an oasis. This is a raging river, and it's threatening his existence. And so the psalmist asks the question, am I feeling this way because I've disappointed God? In the midst of depression, sometimes we become very introspective. In the midst of going through a depressive time, we become very introspective and we start asking ourselves a lot of questions. The problem, though, is due to our depression and due to, due to, our, due to the sadness, our perspective and due to our perspective, all we see is the bad side. All we see is our failings. All we see is our sin. I remember at my brother's funeral visitation, we stood there in the, in the funeral home as, as people went through, and, and over and over again as we're there at the visitation, my brother's co-workers would come and they would shake my hand and tell me stories. And over and over again, they told me stories about what a great guy Brad was. And they, they told me stories about how funny he was. They told me stories about how he would make their day and, and the goofy things that he would do, just the crazy things he would do to get other people to laugh. They told me stories about the wonderful things that he would do, the way he would care for other people. And over and over again, I heard these people go through telling these stories and they would stop and they'd say, you know, maybe if I had told him, Maybe if I had told him what he was doing for me, maybe he wouldn't have killed himself. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have come to this. And, and I understand that. I understand that desire. But you've got to understand, when a person comes to the point where that they're willing to harm themselves, they can't hear the good anymore. All they know is that they are a failure, and all they know is this is what I deserve. I deserve this depression. I deserve to be miserable. I, I deserve to die. But the answer comes back. God hasn't left. God isn't gone. God is, is more than a feeling. God is more than that, that goofy grin that's pasted on your face. Even there in the low times, God is still there. He is still with us. And so as the psalmist continues, his soul responds. And he says in verse 8, By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. You realize how, how valuable the words of 1 John 4.8 are. 1 John 4.8 tells us God is love. 1 John 4.8 does not tell us God feels like love. You know, as if, as if love was just a feeling. And if the feeling's gone, then, then the love is gone. If the feeling's gone, then, then God is gone. But, but that's the way we live sometimes. We, we live as if it's just a feeling. And if I don't feel it, then it's not real. If I don't feel it, then it's not there. But the reality is you can't trust your feelings. All it takes, all it takes is, is to wake up on a rainy day. All it takes is to wake up and there's a little bit less daylight, there's a little bit more clouds, and suddenly your, your, your feelings tell you that, that you're down. Your feelings tell you that it's not a good day. That Your feelings lie to you, but God does not feel like love. God is love. Our feelings don't change His position in our lives. Our feelings don't change who He is. He is still God. He is still love. One of the biggest struggles with depression is the shame that comes with it. And the psalm even goes there as the author seems to ask. He asks the question, what are people going to think if they see me like this? What are people going to think if they find out that I'm feeling like this? If I find out I'm going through this? What are people going to think? Listen to the words very carefully in, in the last few verses. 
I think you've probably felt this. I know many people have felt this. Verses 9 and 10, he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As, was, as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? The author realizes that people know him as a worshiper. People know that, that this person is someone who worships God. In fact, he thinks back, if you go back to the, to the way that is, that's expressed in verse 4, he's thinking to himself, they've seen me leading the multitudes in worship. They've seen me leading the procession up to the house of God. They've heard my shouts of joy. They've heard my shouts of thanksgiving. What would they think if they knew how I feel right now, that I am depressed, that I am alone, and that I am frightened? That's a reality we need to acknowledge. That, that's a reality and a question. We, we all need to understand that question, even if we never come to the point that we ourselves ask that question. We are so good about caring for people when they're sick. We really are. We are amazing when it comes to caring for people when they're sick. If somebody's sick or someone having surgery, what do we do? We go, we pray with them, we encourage them, we send them cards. We bring a casserole. You bring a casserole when someone's sick, or they, they get out of the hospital, you show up with a casserole. I know Christians, I know wonderful Christian people who have freezers full of casseroles. They're just waiting for somebody to get sick. They're just waiting for the opportunity, they're going to grab one of those casseroles, and they're going to take it over, and they're going to encourage them. You know what depression is? You know what mental illness is? It's the no casserole illness. No one shows up with a casserole. No one shows up with a card. No one shows up and says, hey, we're, we're praying for you. Now, it's not that we don't care. It's that we don't know how to care. We've not trained ourselves to know how to care. We don't even realize that we're not caring when, when we do stuff like when we don't do things like that. We don't even realize we're not caring. And the other side of that is when we are suffering, when we are in that place ourselves, we don't know how to tell people. We don't know how to tell people that's what we're thinking. And we're, we're kind of ashamed. And we start to think, well, what would they think if they knew I was feeling this? And that's dangerous. It's dangerous because it cuts us off from the source of help that God has given us. He's given us the support and care of other people. But we have to acknowledge this is a real question. And people ask it all the time. And part of the reason people ask these questions, you know, what will others think if they, if they knew I felt this way, part of the reason they ask that question is the rest of us have done a great job of pasting on those stupid grins. And we've done a great job of pretending that, that everything is good. Everything is fine, but... But for some people, there comes a point in life that they just can't pretend anymore. And rather than let them know that the rest of us have been there, that the rest of us have felt that, we keep up the charade. And when they finally couldn't keep up the charade, they, they retreated. They disappeared into themselves, and, and they're gone. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of of Christ. If we're going to do that, we have to be honest with each other. We have to be open with each other. We have to be honest and say, you know what, I'm feeling it too. You know what, I, I've gone through that also. 
Paul says when we do that, we fulfill the law of Christ. And he's taking us back to John chapter 13, verse 34, where Jesus says to His disciples, He says to us, a new command I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you that you also love one another. And when we do that, we fulfill His law. When we share each other's burdens, when we are there, casserole or not, we share each other's burdens and we fulfill the law of Christ. The psalmist goes back to his soul one more time. And he talks to his soul one more time. He addresses it directly. In verse 11, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And he reminds himself of what is eternal. Hope is eternal. He reminds himself that that hope is not just a feeling. Hope is not just something that we have for good days. It's for eternity. He says, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. That, that may not be happening today. That may not be happening right now. But I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And his feelings have changed, but God hasn't changed. God is still the Savior. God is still God. He is still the one who listens when we call on Him. God knows you in your darkest moments, and He loves you anyway. It's important that we know that. It's important that we realize that for ourselves when we're going through those dark moments. It's important that we realize that for each other. It's important that we know that to be true. I have a friend I went to college with, and uh, we were neighbors in college. We, he lived in the dorm right next to mine. And uh, a lot of times I'd be sitting in my dorm room studying, and he'd be in his dorm room playing guitar. And uh, so I'd have to go over and watch him for a while. I'd have to go over and listen to him play guitar for a little bit. And uh, we had a really good time together. He needed to preach. I was preaching out at Pleasant Hill back in those days. And, and he needed to preach one weekend for class and so I, asked, I told him, hey, you can come preach for me. You can come take care of Pleasant Hill that week. So he, he came and preached for Pleasant Hill that week. First time he had ever preached. And he did an incredible job. He just was absolutely amazing. So amazing, in fact, that on, on his way out of the church, my brother stopped and shook his hand and said, you need to watch out for this guy. Because <laughs> he's, he's good. And so he recognized that. We lost track of each other, me and, me and my friend Bruce and and what we found out years later was that we lived about 15 miles apart from each other. And so little by little, we kind of got reacquainted with each other. And, and, and we met together for lunch one day, and, and Bruce started to tell me his story. He told me about how he and his wife had, had lost a baby several years earlier and how difficult that was. And Bruce told me that following losing that child, that he spiraled into depression and he tried to take care of that himself. He tried to medicate that himself by becoming what he called a, a functioning alcoholic. And it found out that that didn't actually help. And so Bruce, who had played guitar for years, started taking lessons from, a, from another guitar player. He started taking blues lessons. And through the blues lessons, he found a way to express those feelings, to, to get those feelings out. And when I told him what John Lee Hooker had said, John Lee Hooker said, when you play the blues, when you sing the blues, 
you lose the blues. He said, that is absolutely right. He said, that was a big part of his healing experience. God brought him to a place, took a long time, but God brought him to a place where he could say, along with Psalm 42, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Bruce. He's going to come and play a song that he wrote for us. Make him welcome. This murky water drives me insane I know someday it'll call my name Live your life by the river You're bound to fall Gave my soul to Jesus The river can't have it all Life by the river sometimes is still Sometimes you live, sometimes you kill, it takes away, but then it gives. The river like Jesus lives, the river like Jesus lives. Growing up on dirt road, I'd head out the day, sell some peaches a rake a yard, and collect my pay, met a lot of good folks, I met them along the way, the voices are ringing in my ears, I can still hear them say, life by the river sometimes is still, but sometimes you live. Sometimes you kill, it takes away, but then it gives. The river like Jesus lives, the river like Jesus lives. The water might be calm on top. But below it never stops The water might be calm on top But below it never stops They're praying for me I can feel it in my bones They're praying for me In the bedrooms of their homes a lot of good folks, no doubt about that. They want me to leave, never to come back. Life by the river sometimes is still. Sometimes you live, sometimes you kill. It takes away, but then it gives. The river like you. The river like Jesus lives. 
come and sing he said I've got a song and he said it's not really bluesy it's more folksy and I said we won't know the difference but on top of that I think it's very significant that this song that you wrote isn't blues that God led you through that and that's what that's what I want you guys to know today it may be the blues but he does lead us through that Sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Let's stand together and sing. Pray first, then we'll sing. Father, we, uh, we come with our own songs today. <laughs> we may not play them on, on the guitar. We not, may not play them on the stage. We may not know all the words to the songs that we've written in our lives, but, but we each come with our own songs. And some of those songs are songs of joy. Some of those songs are are just songs of of your promises, but others are the blues, and others are laments, and others are songs about deep hurts that we have either inflicted on ourselves or others have inflicted on us, but they're they're hurts that we feel, and they are real, and and Father, we, we sing them so often just alone. Father, whatever song we bring today, I pray that we keep our eyes on you, and we realize even when our feelings lie to us, you you never leave us. Even when our feelings tell us that we're alone, we're never alone. That you are love and that you are always there. And Father, while while today might be a day when we sing a a song of, of, of lament or a song of the blues, we can come to a point and we will come to a point where along with Psalm 42, we say, hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. My salvation and my God, and even when we can't see that that day will come, I pray we can trust in your presence and trust in your love. Help us, help us not only to trust in that, but help us to show that to other people, that they can know you are there because we're there, because we share those burdens. I love you, Father. We love you. Thank you for your amazing love for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 